You ever feel too lazy to stand? <laughs> Anybody? Show of hands? Okay. Yeah. I'm actually really injured. That's why I'm doing that. All you lazy people. I don't. I'm just kidding. No, I just want to sit today. <laughs> How many for you, the silence is hard to sit in? Let's be honest. Okay. How many went to the marriage class with Mark Spencer? Okay. Did you do the exercise of the four-minute stare where you look at your spouse in the eyes? How'd that go? Good. Some are like, yeah, that was amazing. How many felt trapped? You couldn't go anywhere. (laughs) They're looking into my soul. Yeah. That's how it can feel when we sit and be still in God's presence. Because when we do that, we're allowing ourselves almost in a way, a posture of being examined. And that means we're known and we're seen even though he knows us. And from that, that makes us uncomfortable. Because you know what ends up happening? Look, that was (laughs) short-lived. Instead of allowing him to examine us, we examine ourselves in the silence. And then we project that on God and our time with him, which makes the silence really uncomfortable. And when you try to do that with a spouse, it's, it can be a very similar thing. But it's intimate, is it not? And it ushers us into a different place of relationship in silence and in the moment of making eye contact. You know, Peter had this thing with Jesus where when he took his eyes off Jesus, he would sink. <laughs> Literally. And then in Acts 3, he changes his tactics and tries eye contact and he makes sure the the crippled man at the gate called Beautiful sees him, knows that he's looking at him, keeps his gaze, and then picks him up and the man can walk in the name of Jesus. So there's something powerful about being present with God in the moments of stillness and they make us feel uncomfortable. Look, I, um, this is like going to be unfiltered today because I, I don't have energy to be filtered right now. Does anyone ever feel that way? And I'm not saying you're going to hear a lot of four-letter words that, you know, I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. I mean, you will, but they'll be appropriate. It's like, no four-letter words ever. Only three and five and six, yeah. No. But we're going to go into a, a, a space um, in Romans this morning that I've really been struggling with. I, I'll tell you, I, I, we're going to talk about holiness. Let's just let's get there first. We're going to talk about holiness today. I don't like the word. I don't like what I thought before this journey, it implied. And it was a torturous three weeks. I'll be honest with you, torturous. I went to places in my mind that are very dark because if I, it was the only way I was going to begin to understand what's going on here. If I say to you, if someone comes up to you, let's put it that way, and says, hey, what is, what is, it, what is holy? What does that mean? What would you say? Go ahead. Set apart. Right? That's what it literally means in Greek. Set apart. What else? What? Blessed. Pure. Righteous. What? Like God. Yeah. What else? Sinless. Yeah. These are... Honestly, verbatim, the same answers and almost the same amount we got for a service. Here's the deal. We really don't know. 
we have our best guess, and those are all parts of holiness. They are. But we really don't know. And that drove me nuts. I'm going through this, and I'm going, I felt like Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man. You know, like, and you're, you're doing all this, and it's like people are talking to you, but no, you're in your own little world. And I'm going, oh, holiness, what is that? I don't know. Because here, let's be honest. The process of holiness we can explain. Holiness itself, we don't know how. We do our best. And there might be some people, uh, you know, every time you do a sermon like this where you're redefining something, someone will come up and goes, you know what holiness is to me? Da, da, da. And it's like this little nice packaged answer, which is great, but I'm going, that's of no use to me because it cannot be captured in this little thing, this one phrase. It just can't. So in chapter one, look, we're out of verse one. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. Whoa. And we're creeping into verse 3 here a little bit. So uh, if you're a guest, I apologize ahead of time. Um, But no, if you're a guest, uh, we've been redefining some of the words here and and asking the Lord, what what does he want to say about what these mean? And and so if you want to hear what we've done over the last two months, we've spent two months in verse 1. You can go onto our website and check out some of the messages to catch up a little bit. But Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle... And set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy scriptures. There's the word holy. Regarding his son, who as to his human nature was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the son of God by the resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. There's tension here in this word, right? Because obviously we don't, we would all define it differently. But in here, in this passage, holy and holiness describes something. It's a descriptive word. It's describing the scriptures, the holy scriptures, the spirit of holiness. So it's describing those two things, and those two things are an expression of the very presence of God. Holy Spirit is God's Spirit. And when this Holy Spirit moves, he ministers, correct? He intercedes. He transforms hearts. And so we call him the Holy Spirit. There's this set-apartness. Now, if it was just meant set-apart... It just meant set apart, and that's what it means, and that's the implication. I've been holy my whole life because I have been different and set apart like being last and picked in kickball my whole life. I was set apart for, hey, you, you're out, buddy, and that's the way of being set apart. Feeling like an outcast can make you feel set apart in a really negative way, can it not? Yes, holy means set apart. It means Quite literally, you can dumb down even more when you get further in the Greek. It just means different. It's different. But the implication is what we want to go after. The set apart into what? I don't know. That's what I was discovering. I, I don't know. It's very challenging to think about holy. And then you've got be holy as I am holy. And you've got all of these scriptures that talk about holiness, 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 holiness. Oh, my goodness gracious. What do I do with that? Well, let me say this first thing. Holiness has nothing to do with your behavior. Now, some might go, ooh, give me the next 20 minutes to explain it. And some are like, 20 minutes? 
we're actually going to be in this for like three weeks. So, yeah, 20 minutes is a sprint. You cannot behave your way into holiness. Let me say that again. You can't behave your way into holiness. Holiness is not an attribute of God. Holiness, I am finding and I am utterly convinced, is God himself. Anything that is described as holy, it's because God's presence is there. The temple of God where he dwells is what? Holy. Your body is the temple of God and because he dwells there, it is holy. He's not there, it's not Oh, holiness is the very presence and reality of the living God. It's not something you attain because you live the right way. And you can, even, you can even rationalize it in a relational sense. You can go, well, I believe that being where Jesus is is the most important thing. And out of that, I'm going to do all these things because of my relationship with Jesus. And that will make me holy. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, you have a relationship with Jesus, and now you're doing things for him, and that makes you holy. No. Uh-uh. And this is what I struggle with. Because you begin to self-examine. And you go, wait a minute. Saying yes to the invitation that was given through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which gives us access to his presence eternally, which is his holiness, you're saying my behavior outside of saying yes to Jesus and repenting has nothing to do with it? I don't know how to receive that. I get to be where he is despite my, uh, my record. I have made more poor decisions in my life than I have made good decisions. I can guarantee that. But did I make the best decision of all that will wipe all that away because of Jesus breaking the pattern of this world? And out of being where Jesus is in his holiness, I become holy as he is holy. My decisions reflect his presence, which would be his holiness. We on the same page? Yeah. Man, I grew up thinking, hearing, I know in my house, it's about being with Jesus. I heard that growing up all over the place. But then you go into other churches or even your own church where people don't necessarily, are not teaching you or imparting on you the same thing you're being imparted at home, which I felt was healthy. And now it's like, you're not acting righteously or in a holy manner if you got your hat on in church. Or if you have this, or if you have that. It is easier. It's much easier to have those kind of guidelines and call it holy than it is to stay where Jesus wants you, with him. See, this is what we love to do, just as people. And then you get in the church, and it's like the same thing. You have an uncreated presence that is God. Can anyone compute that? Explain it to me. No, you can't, right? You can't. You just accept it. You don't know. Other, other faiths try to explain it. Well, God created God who created God who created God who created God who created God. There is that belief. Well, where did it first start? Well, it doesn't matter. God is God. He's always been. He always will be. Well, 
We'll hear that later on in some other passages. And so now we as Christians, even knowing that God is uncreated, still cannot come under that understanding, accepting it. And we, what we do is we go, okay, uh, this is real to me, so I'm going to use these things to understand what I can't understand. Right? And our rules as human beings... Good behavior, based on our definition of good, will make us our definition of holy. And it always falls short. Because you're in or you're out. Correct me if I'm wrong. And so what we do is we, t- we take the sim- beautiful simplicity that God gives us. He says what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am. I'm the only way. He, he cuts out the middleman. You come through me, and then you become holy as I am holy. You don't have to do all these other things. But we go, well, that's not hard enough. <laughs> it's got to be more challenging than that, so let's do a little of this and a little of that. And we go, Ooh, let's shake it up like an eight ball. How many times are you shaking that eight ball to get the answer you want? Yeah, ooh, I don't like that one. Ooh, I don't like that one. We do that with holiness. We do that with God. We treat him like an eight ball. He's already given us clarity. He's already given us this beautiful simplicity to be where he is because, hey, this whole beautiful book, this whole thing, all it's what we would call complexities and instructions and all this, it all derives from him creating us for relationship. To make it anything other is unbiblical. To make it legalistic is unbiblical. It is about relationship does it express itself in ways of boundaries absolutely but it comes from god's presence and what his presence allows his presence and sin are not conducive which is why jesus came bam separate separating us from sin and reuniting us with him boom holy of holies boom you know heaven is not the holy of holies it's holy because he's there The place doesn't give him his holiness. He gives the place holiness. And we're invited to step into that. Here's one of the things I cannot stand as just an individual in life. Is when I'm preparing to go somewhere or do something and I have to buy things for it. And I can't find any of those things in the same place. Which means what? You got to go all over, you know, to these all. That's why people love Fleet Farm because it has everything. I mean, it's got licorice for crying out loud. And live bait. I mean, all kinds of stuff. It was the weirdest experience. I'll share that someday. Oh, my goodness. But when you have to go to 18 different places to achieve preparation to go somewhere, it is exhausting. And you always end up missing something. You have your list. And guess what? You got everything on your list, but you forgot to put something on your list. And then that's really frustrating because you just went to 19 different stores and now you've got to go back out. Jesus has streamlined everything. You want holiness? You want life? Here I am. You want purity? Here I am. You want patience? Here I am. You want compassion? Here I am. And yet, and yet, we go, that's too easy. That's not hard enough. So I'm going to search for purity over here, and I'm going to go to the tallest peaks of wherever 
to, to study and to be spiritual and learn patience, and then I'll become holy, and then I can be with Jesus. Wrong! Absolutely wrong. Every time I go after one thing for that thing's sake, because I think it's what's going to make me holy, I always fall short. I mean, I did the whole, in high school, I did the whole thing. Purity is my friend. I'm going to be pure. You know, and you get the ring. It's all great stuff, and you believe in it. And guess what? It makes it more challenging because what you're after is an attribute that you, you think is an attribute, and you go after that one thing, and you miss it because it's too much. It's about behavior, and you don't understand why you can't be pure when you're going after purity because you're not going after the one that will lead you into purity. You can't identify those things in its fullness without them because those are all God things. I cannot go after good Holy Spirit patience without being with Jesus. I just get frustrated and have the worst week of my life. If anyone prays for patience, what you're saying is, God, will you torture me today? God, I need more challenge in my life. Will you invite all the annoying people to sit with me in a cafe at one time? (laughs) All the people that are hard to love, will you put them in my path today? I never pray for patience. I say, Lord, help me identify you so I can say, what do you want to say? Because without that, I can't step into anything that we would consider holy because it won't be holy without him. Purity without Jesus is not purity. Patience without Jesus is not patience. It's fool's gold. It's something we try to manufacture and replicate, and we cannot do it, and we do it in the church too much. That's not a criticism. That's just the reality of humanity and how we approach what we don't understand. Are you going to understand God fully? No, you're not. Accept that and receive what he has for you because he's good. That's why we have eternity with him, to discover all the beautiful nooks and crannies of his heart and his presence. Where he is is holy, and I want to be where he is. And if that makes me holy, great. I'm not going to just go after holiness. I'm going after the one who is holy. Then I'll become holy. But if I go after holiness, I will miss it. When the writers are saying, be holy as he is holy, or be holy am I as I'm holy, it's not about behavior to become holy. It's about behavior out of holiness, being with God. See, we, we can struggle because we go, well, that's great, Brendan. Uh, holiness is, you know, it's God, but there's some action items here. And if you look in First Peter, we see those action items that can cause, cause conflict. In First Peter 1, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Well, that sounds like a honey-do list, doesn't it? Be self-controlled. That's good. I actually had to take self-control classes growing up. That's true. (laughs) Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children. That's more do language. Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in arrogance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Now that sounds like do these things and you become what? No, because the very premise of Jesus is all who want life have to come to yes. And when we repent of our sins, 
okay? changing the pattern of our behavior as far as what are we choosing? We're choosing to say yes to Jesus. I'm not talking about, well, now I'm going to do all the right things. Those things aren't as right when, without Jesus. It's still relationally driven because you need to let go of these things, step into Christ so these things can happen, and you will become holy because he's holy. It's not like these instructions, if I do this, it'll give me this. You know, you've ever made an Ikea thing and you follow the instructions and it still looks like, put in one of those words I talked about earlier. <laughs> you know, why do I have a dresser? I was trying to make a chair. And it, it doesn't... Yeah. I have a lot of Ikea stuff, so Ikea, if you're watching. But... My point is, we, can, we, we want these instructions and these things to make things, you know, and when you, when you do one of these complex things and you follow the instructions, you feel so proud of yourself, don't you? Boom. And I do, I feel like, because it takes me forever. And I go, yes! And then I miss like three bolts that hold the whole thing together. Because instructions without Jesus doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. Because he breathes life into them. You understand why we step into those boundaries. You understand why we do what we do out of being in his presence because it allows us to see how he sees everything. Because if holiness is his presence, then when we're in his presence, we begin to see how he sees. It's why we don't like sitting, sitting in his presence when we're feeling ashamed because we know he sees us. And we almost don't want to see what he sees because it's going to lead us to shame. And then it's going to lead us to doing that eight ball thing. Stop it. Stand in the gap. Allow him to see you as he sees you. Because guess what? He's not seeing you as smothered in shame and guilt and sin. He's seeing someone that's been set free by the power of his love and his grace and his holiness. We project our vision of ourselves onto him, so we're afraid to go to the intimate places of being at his feet because what we think he's going to see that we see. He's not interested in why you did this or why you did that. He's interested in reconciliation and bringing you into his heart. Will there be correction? Sure. Will there be a nudging and a changing of how you make decisions? Absolutely, but it does not come without his direction and his leading and his guiding, and his purposes. So long we go after these things we think we need to go after instead of the one who's told us to go after them. And it messes with us, doesn't it? You know what breaks my heart more than anything? Church splits. Because we all have our ideas of what things should be. And we want to shake it up. Right or wrong, it doesn't matter. Splits happen, and it breaks my heart. Because Jesus is the head, and if we're the body, then he needs to lead. Which means we, know how, we need to know how to come under his lordship and his holiness, his presence, his goodness. One of the greatest illustrations to me of how God operates is in Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And Indy's running through this town, 
and he comes down this alley, and there's a swordsman. And that is usually us, doing all this fancy stuff. Look at me, look at me. And what does he do? Boom, done. It's over. Game is over. He and I need to do all this stuff. Holiness is not about doing all this stuff. It's boom, Jesus, there he is. Be at his feet, be merry. Boom, and you're in the presence of the living God and you become holy as he is holy. Look, when we worship, how many of you have been in a worship song and you go, man, I'm in the throne room today. Raise your hand. If you have felt that, did you behave your way into that? No. You put yourself at the feet of Jesus and you allowed him to reveal himself in power and in glory and go, whoa, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And you didn't behave your way into it. Why worship services are so powerful for people to accept Christ for the first time because it takes all the BS out of the equation of what you've earned or didn't earn. You come in, you hear someone speak about the truth of Jesus Christ, you hear the power of sound. Jesus spoke and life happened. You hear the power of music and melody and you go, there's something different. It's connecting me to holiness, his presence, and there's nothing you did to make it happen. Nothing. I will go to the ends of the earth my whole life with the one answer. Be where he is. Is it fun to talk theology? And, uh, yeah, but it's exhausting. And there's, there's truth behind certain conversations, but when it comes down to it, I can peg every theological conversation going back to the feet of Jesus because Jesus himself says, this is what's best. This is truth. This is holy ground because I'm on it. If we really are the temples of the living God and we wanted to be legalistic about it, we'd all be barefoot because everywhere we step, the presence of God is living in this temple of flesh right here. Everywhere I step is holy ground because the presence of God is in me. He's moving through me. So everywhere I step in the name of Jesus, with Jesus, is holy ground. There is no, I'm taking this ground for Jesus. No, there's not. Because if he's not there, that's not for Jesus. You got to go with him. It's his presence. It's his presence that expands the kingdom, not you. It's his presence within you that expands the kingdom and makes everywhere we step holy. Him. Without him, you can do? There it is. Lord, we thank you that you make it crystal clear. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes into the holy holies except through me. Nobody. Nobody is holy without you because you are holiness. I don't, I don't have words to say what that means. But Lord, thank you that we have Jesus to point to, to show people what it means, to experience holiness. We want to see you. And we want to see us through your eyes, even though our shame tells us different. Would you give us the courage to have that four minute stare off with you to allow you to to allow ourselves to be known by you no matter what it seems like it costs us 
Because it's the only way we can process our junk with you. It's if we offer it to you, which means we have to face it. It's not fun, and it's definitely not easy. But you give us clarity. Come to you, all who are weary, and you'll give us rest. Lord, with all the uh, power and authority you've given each one of us that call you Lord, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you would break off all false images of ourselves and of you that impede us from being where you are, from staying where you are. We don't want to just visit you. We want to be permanent residents in your presence, which means we have to do the hard work of surrendering all our junk, all our stuff. So we break that off in Jesus' name. If there's anything anyone here is carrying, if that's you, if you're carrying stuff that's been taking space that belongs to Jesus, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that we break that off in Jesus' name and that he removes that in Jesus' name and through the power of his holy presence, his Holy Spirit, he'd burn away all rights the enemy has to your heart right now in Jesus' name. And you would fill that place. You would fill your temples here, overflowing. We thank you for your son and what he did on the cross. We thank you for Jesus. We can become holy as you are holy because of Jesus. We thank you. As we take communion together, may we come to this table with fresh eyes, fresh hearts. Simply going, here I am. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Is a table of thankfulness. And Lord, moving forward, show us what to do with all this stuff. Because it's heavy. And we want to walk with you in it. So as the ushers hand out the elements this morning, as we take communion together in remembrance of you, uh, may we ask you, what do you want to say to us in this moment? Even if we feel like we don't hear you very well, or maybe feel like we haven't heard you before, may it not prevent us from asking the question, Lord, what do you want to say in this moment? Because this is a holy moment because you're here. Your presence is here, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah.
hard time, no place I'd rather be. 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 And hearing your love, hearing your love. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be.